Brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realties, higherprice.com. Hey kids, Sarah's back! <laughs> the tickets through social studies on this Wednesday. After Jarrett admirably filled in yesterday. Yeah? How what kind of grade would we offer up? I give him an A. Okay. Wow. For admirably? Yeah. An A? <laughs> he tried his hardest. He did pretty good. A for all. He's he, doing uh, his best. No, was, no, he no. Uh, he actually had a, a laugh out loud moment yesterday. Yeah. That, yeah. that kind of that During kind like of my fourth him. or fifth uh, yeah. update, he I started made, off by yeah, saying. He began by saying, happy Valentine's Day, losers. <laughs> oh, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> and that you know, funny. Michael Wilbon kind of piggle, piggybacked, pigglebacked, he kind of piggybacked on that. Um, during, um, yeah, pardon the interruption. interruption. Yeah, he, he basically said Valentine's Day's for losers, and wow. Tony Kornheiser like, "Was what?" It was funny. It's funny. Wilbon has really sort of evolved into a grumpy old man. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get into social studies. I'm all studies. for it. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> all right, let's get into social studies. We are on Twitter at Bickley underscore Murata. Great to be back with you all today. Jonathan Gannon is the Cardinals' next head coach. He says hi. He says buckle up. He says let's have some fun. In three words, guys, what do you think? What do you think about the hire? In three words? In three words or fewer. If you only need one or two, that's fine. Let us see. Yeah, I, I think um, blind faith necessary. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think wait and see was our most popular response, including from Mr. Will. A lot of wait and see. A lot of responses. Ton of resp- a ton of responses. And, and most of it took a wait and see feel. Uh, we have change is good from... Casey I like stories. That. I like that one. Yeah. I like this one from Jill Salmon. Waiting for coordinators. We'll see. We'll see when when the staff is filled out. Uh, Austin Fort had autonomy, says Cody Allen. He continues, it indicates that Michael Bidwell let Monty go after a guy who was on his list before he even was a general manager. I think that might be uh, really maxing out your letter usage on three words. (laughs) Austin Fort had autonomy. I don't know if you you saw this, but but Howard Balzer... Who's been breaking news recently? Howard Balzer. He reported that Mike Zimmer might be the defensive coordinator for uh, for young Jonathan Gannon. I'd be sign me up for that. Maybe a senior assistant of some sort. Sign me up for that. Big fan of Mike Zimmer. Okay. We have underwhelmed but hopeful from Sean Kelly. We have future is bright from Smokey D. Porter. Kevin freaking Durant. Says like a plane. <laughs> Quite a few people saying Kevin the Phoenix Durant. Suns or Suns in season, that kind of thing. Uh, good with it. Needs better players, and I'm pretty pumped. How about Dave Leonard's response? What is Dave Leonard's response? Rich Gannon's son? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Kevin freaking Durant, we saw him at Footprint Center last night. Vince, you got to hype the crowd up. I did. And and get get them all riled with him on the video board. Didn't take much for me to do that. Well, that's true. It was all what Vinny did. (laughs) You got to participate. 
I could have just. You're spicy today. I'm just trying to give him some love. They could have just showed KD on the big board, and I could have just. That's what, yeah, I'm, that's what I'm that saying. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'm, it's, not, I'm not saying it was because of Jared this. could have introduced I'm Kevin Durant, and Kevin would have gotten his standing ovation. All right, okay. It's not that deep. Okay. All right. Neither am I. So okay. good. <laughs> The question is, what incoming athlete's debut, be it through a trade, a free agent, maybe a rookie about to make his league debut, what incoming athlete's debut were you most excited to see? Oh, I'm I'm still in the Barkley camp. The way everything shook out that year was just... I mean, for them to make that trade, the, the time that they made the trade, I believe that trade happened in June, maybe July. Man, it was probably July. Um, until the beginning of that season, with mm-hmm. everything that was new about the Suns, the arena, the uniforms, the coach, all of it, and adding Charles Barkley to that mix, it seemed like an eternity to get to the first game of the season. Mm-hmm. That's my answer. Who was who on that short list? Was Shaq would be on that list of guys that came here who you're like, oh, I, I've got to see what this looks like? Yes. Uh, Randy Johnson? Yeah, that's a good one. Chris Paul, even. Chris Paul, even. In, in the timeline of the Suns at that point when that happened, it felt so like monumental change was coming. Justin Upton got a shout out as well. Yeah, that one responses. was different because you had to wait That's a good one. several years yeah. to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. but still, there was a lot of anticipation. They throw Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, yeah, was Murray. For sure, for sure. Josh uh, Rosen. <laughs> Jason Kidd got a lot of write-ins. Dansby Swanson. Oh, oh. man. I'm oh, eagerly awaiting his debut. With oh, the yeah, Cubs. that's right. We're still waiting. The Cub. The Cub. The Cub. All right, let's quickly get to our final question uh, because we've been talking about frying fishes. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember why. I don't. That, that phrase just, has come up multiple times yeah. on today's show. Yeah. So, of course, we have to turn it into a food question for social studies. What is the best fried food? All of the above. <laughs> yes is the answer. Yes. Best fried fried chicken. You I mean, can't you be. Can't, I mean, fried no, chicken is fried chicken. just so delicious. It really is. It's should be, be outlawed. <laughs> no. Please don't. Yeah, fried chicken. I think I just decided where I'm going to dinner tonight. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Wait, drop the wreck. <laughs> I haven't found a good fried chicken spot. Really? Yeah. I've I've gone to one, but it's too far away. There's one in the area. Okay. Mm. Oh, oh. You're not gonna come on. Drop the drop a name, I mean, man. Yeah, I, wanna, I wanna abide by all the rules. Oh, I, mean, I got yeah, you. you know. Okay. 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 Jared, we, what do you think is the best fried food? Hmm. <laughs> How much time do you have? I really <laughs> love fried oysters. If anyone's ever had, okay. Fried chicken, though, is right up there. Not just fried chicken, fried chicken, but also like a really good fried chicken sandwich Mm. is also really good. Yes. We have fried catfish. We have fried okra, fried onion, fried chicken, churros, donuts, cheese curds, pickles, I think I already said. Of course, a classic, French fries. Oh, that's a good one. A fried a fried burrito is good. They call them chimichangas, right? Chimichanga. Yeah. Uh, fried Twinkie. Fried rice. Oh, yeah. Look, fried Twinkies are a novelty, but anybody who thinks that, that's the best fried food, come on. I mean, come on. A few people wrote it in. I, I love Oreos more than most people on this planet. You're not deep but I'm frying not, them. Yeah. I've had it. I'm like, it's not as good as a regular Oreo. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. 
But we have a ton of replies. If you're craving something fried oh. on Twitter, at Bickley underscore Murata, you're am. looking for some ideas, there they are. I am. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Joe. Hungry. <laughs> I am starving. <laughs> uh, coming Thanks, up Sarah. next, we Thank will uh, talk football with Mark Schlereth. We got Super Bowl. We got coaching hires to talk about with Stink. We'll do it straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The local sports leader. NFL analyst Mark Schlereth talks football with Bickley and Murata. Brought to you by Earnhardt Ford and Chandler. Shop local. Shop EarnhardtFord.com. Yeah, for the final time of the 2022-23 football season, we welcome our next guest, Mark Schlereth, NFL and Fox Denver Sports, to uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Mark, it was great to see you for a few minutes on Media Row uh, last week. How are you doing today? Man, I am doing great. How are you guys doing? You got a coach. Congratulations. It's over. Yeah. A long local nightmare is over, Mark. Uh, apparently, Mark Eagle fans are having a parade <laughs> that Jonathan Gannon's leaving town. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, they are. Now that's the that's the Vic Fangio effect, yeah. uh, right? I mean, Vic Vic Fangio when he became the head coach of the Denver Broncos said death by inches, and you witnessed it during the Super Bowl. He, he his defense gave up death by inches. They just let them uh, meticulously roll down the field mm-hmm. for four straight scores. Yeah, um, and while we're on that subject, it's been such a, a, a divisive topic coming out of that Super Bowl. The, the penalty on James Bradbury that was called for holding, and I know, what was the number, Bick? 63 pass attempts before that, not yeah. one defensive holding yep. call. I thought it was a penalty. I hated the late nature of the flag, but what did you think of it, Mark? Well, here's like I always think about the way we as players operate, right? You you get a feel for how uh, an officiating crew is going to officiate a game, and you know you maybe before the game you go talk to the officials, say, "Man, you know, I mean, I get it if I'm I got my hands outside or if I yank somebody down with my hands outside, like I get throwing the flag on there, but you know I should be able to undress this dude if I can keep my hands on his breastplates, right? Yeah, and so that that's not a holding call. And so there's there's a lot of things that you look at from that standpoint. The fact that there was no illegal contact, there were plenty of illegal contacts during the course of the game. I can point to five or six on each side. Um, the fact that there were no defensive holding calls, was there defensive holding before that? Certainly there was defensive holding before that. So there were none of those calls. So you've established the way you're going to officiate the game. I remember a story about Greg Maddox saying, hey, this way I used to approach it. You know, I'd throw a ball on the outside. Hey, man, the ball on the outside gets called for strike. Then I go to the black. I throw it over the black. Okay, that gets called for strike. Then I go an inch outside. That gets called for strike. Two inches outside. Still gets called for a strike. Now, all of a sudden, I go four inches outside. No, that's not a strike. Okay, now I've established the plate. And all I expect from you is to keep consistent with what the call is that we've established. That's how play, all players play that way. Uh-huh. I know what I can get away with. I know what I can't get away with. So I look at it like at that point of the game, when you haven't called it all game long, and maybe it was a hold. I guess, you know, Bradbury said it was a hold. Whatever. But come on. Like like anybody who's pissed off about it, I hope you get, you know, I hope you get a ticket for going 27 and 25 today. <laughs> right? Like, 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 hey, Johnny Law here, you know, he comes right. up and he goes, hey, excuse me, sir. 
You know why I pulled you over, 27 and 25. And that's just not going to happen in my town. You know, I mean, yeah. give me a break. I'm give with me you. a break. I'm completely with you. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about Jonathan Gannon because chances are maybe you've heard something about him. Obviously, um, there's some trepidation given the fact that the Cardinals seem to be running out of options, seeming that uh, there wasn't a lot of interest in the job in the first place. And there were a lot of reasons for that, obviously. So, you know, another young first-time head coach, and we're not sure how... This is going to play out having dealt with Cliff Kingsbury, and yet people say Jonathan Gannon has got that it factor, that Cliff Kingsbury did not have the ability to captivate a room. And you've talked repeatedly on this show how important that alpha presence is at the top of an organization. So your surface thoughts on Jonathan Gannon is the new head coach of the Cardinals. Well, listen, I mean, like, there's always going to be growing pains. There's always going to be things that you have to figure out. Um and as a as a head coach, like I think one of the big issues for head coaches is you walk away from that coordinator job or that you know that that linebacking coaching job or whatever it is, um, you lose a little connectivity with the players. And I think a lot of guys struggle because that's what they love about coaching, right? Connecting with those players, putting those players in positions to win. But I will say this about Jonathan Gannon: yeah, he's a buddy of mine, and and I've just gotten to know him over the last two years. And I think the guy is like he's a phenomenal personality, uh, great energy, and really, really does a good job of assessing what players can and can't do, and putting players in position to be, you know, to to yeah, I guess to to fall upon their strengths, you know, to to lean into their strengths and, and mitigate or minimize weaknesses. So all that stuff is really good. Again. Anytime you're doing a job for the first time, I mean, you're probably a much better radio host now than you were the first time you ever cracked a mic. Like it's just part of the process of growing to do this to do this stuff. But I really, I'm really a huge Jonathan Gannon fan. Glad he's getting this opportunity. And I think the other thing is, man, I'm I'm telling you, like commanding a room and and being one of those guys that will listen to players. And will again put them in positions to win, but there is no pushing. He's not a pushover. He's not one of those guys that just says, "Okay, whatever you guys want, like we'll make this work." He's not that way at all. I mean, that dude is in charge. Good. Um, and so I, I, I find it like I, I find the balance to be able to do that, right? To completely be in charge, but all at the same time listen and and take take in that information like he's he's i think he's really good at that so i'm really excited for jonathan again man he's a good dude really good dude uh, and i'm i'm curious on on your philosophy on this because you know, we heard from shane steichen yesterday he gets introduced from uh in indianapolis as the new head coach and he gave all the credit to the players and we know it's a player's game coaching's not nothing but if you were going to like split up the pie chart on successful offenses or defenses how much would you give to the players how much would you give to the coach slash scheme yeah I mean obviously you've got to have great players because if you don't have great players you're it just doesn't matter you know it doesn't matter if you don't have great players it's going to be hard mm-hmm. um, it's going to be hard to win but I think there's a huge factor in in a coach's ability to determine what a player is great at and then put a player in that position. And so it's it's a hard it's a hard like to throw a percentage on it. Um you know, there's plenty of teams that have great players that have bad coaches and 
the teams that don't win. Um, I, I just think it really it really boils down to everybody's got talent. It's putting that talent in the right position. You know, Sean Payton told me this a long time ago, um, and he said, you know, one of the issues with young coaches is young coaches see a juicy matchup, and they're like, man, I can't wait to take advantage of that juicy matchup. And that, yeah, like, hey, listen, that that's, that's where we're going to attack, and that's going to be great for us, right? And then you go, well, wait a minute, anytime we get in that position – you know, our running back's got to hold up against a, a blitzing linebacker, and our running back can't block that guy. Yeah, okay, but I, I get that. But, you know, let, let's just see how it goes. Like, you just got to hold up. You just got to hold up. And, you know, ultimately you might complete one of those juicy matchups, but then all of a sudden you get up a strip sack fumble, uh, return for a touchdown the other way, and you lose a football game. And so the big thing is, first and foremost, I got to mitigate a potential weakness. Mm-hmm. Once I mitigate that weakness – you know, then I can attack that juicy. And if that juicy matchup, um, if it if it exploits a weakness that we can't overcome, then we got to just go on to the next matchup. And so I think young coaches sometimes have a tough time uh, because they see something they love, and they're just like, "Hey, we'll just hold up on the back end, or we'll just hold up on the blitz pickup, or we'll just hold up there." And that's it. It doesn't work that way. So. Like you can't, you can't go. Okay, it's seventy percent players and thirty percent coaching. I think it's it's a you got to have great players. There's no question. But I think it's it's probably closer to fifty fifty than it is, um, you know, than it is yeah. seventy thirty or eighty twenty. I'm real comforted by the fact that 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 you uh, you uh, have a lot of good things to say about Jonathan Gannon, and, and you know what I think about too. I think about the defense as that game went on. If a slippery track always favors the offense, that field at State Farm Stadium couldn't have been doing either defense really any favors. How did that happen at the end of such a great week in Arizona to get a field like that? Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know. Obviously, you know, they roll that field in and out on those railroad tracks, and I don't know if bringing it back in, you know, bringing it inside from outside, if it it creates condensation or, you know, but it was it was awful, and you know I was always a stickler for being there early and making sure I understood every spot on the football field, what it felt like, you know, and what cleats I wanted to wear and all that stuff. And it certainly looked like it affected the Philadelphia Eagles more than it did the Kansas City Chiefs. And um, you know, obviously unacceptable. I mean, that, that field spent eight hundred thousand dollars on that field. I'd have done it for four hundred. Uh, you know, with my landscaping. I'd have done it for four hundred grand, and I guarantee you, everybody would have slipped just as much. Uh, but you'd have done it for you'd have done it for half price, and then so how you how you wasted eight hundred grand on that? I have no idea. If that's not an, a, a, you know an advertisement for you to get the uh, the contract on yes. next year's field in Vegas, where oh by the way yeah. they wheel it in on a tray, it might it might happen again. Mark stinks landscaping. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, always a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, best, Thanks man. so much for uh, spending another season with us every Wednesday. We really appreciate it, Mark. Be well. It's always a pleasure. You guys laugh at my stupidity, so I appreciate you. <laughs> uh, we're big fans. See you, Mark. <laughs> See ya. Mark Schlereth, NFL on Fox Denver Sports, wrapping up another season. I've lost count on how many seasons he's done that with us. But Hopefully the answer is at least one more. Yeah, it's he's the best. We get so much reaction when Mark comes on the show. Coming up next, Cardinals did get their next head coach, Jonathan Gannon takes over for Cliff Kingsbury. We'll share our thoughts and hear the thoughts of Wolf and Luke. Join for a little crosstalk next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
Dan Bickley, Vince Morata. Bickley and Morata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Oh, at long last, it was a lengthy search. The net was cast far and wide, and it caught Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles. Right after a Super Bowl loss, he is the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Press conference tomorrow at 10 o'clock to kick off the show of our next guest, who will take over the airwaves at 10 o'clock. Wolf and Luke join us in studio for a little crosstalk. It's finally over, guys. Yeah. They got a coach. (laughs) Yeah, they got a coach. They got a head coach. It was interesting because every head coach that I threw my support behind did not get the job, just for the record. What does that tell you, Wolf? (laughs) It started with Sean Payton. He didn't get the job. Uh, Then I think it went to Brian Flores. He didn't get the job. I forgot Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn was in there. Dan Quinn. I always forget about Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn was in there. He did not get the job. Lou Anarumo. Listen to Lou Anarumo. I I apologize to Lou because I threw my support behind him at that point in time. Mm -hmm. I apologize to him. You know, listen, I I realize there's a lot of people that didn't like the look out there, yet at the same time, to me, guys, it's not about the look. It's about getting it right. That's all I care about. And we don't know if they got it right. That's all any of us care about. That's right. right. It's about getting it right. right. The first three names, Wolf, that you mentioned that you put your support behind, it was very similar to the list that we had on this show in this room, and that was because of the experience factor. After such a reversal of success to just absolute dysfunction, I thought that was important. Is it possible to overcome it with Jonathan Gannon? Yeah, I do believe it's possible to overcome anything with Jonathan Gannon right now. Um, I'm going to give him the opportunity. It's kind of like Nick Sirianni. You look at Nick Sirianni, uh, year two up there in Philadelphia, what he did. He was their head coach. I believe he was hired 2021, as a matter of fact, was his first year. He turned that around quickly. Um, Listen, I I understand just because he had a young head coach, he was an offensive-minded head coach in Cliff Kingsbury. I, I think everyone wanted to see the Arizona Cardinals go the exact opposite direction. Typically, that's what you get, um, but that's not what happened. They hired Jonathan Gannon, who's only 40 years old, first-time head coach. But, man, as far as I'm concerned, the, the things that I'm hearing about him right now, I really like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's you know it's it's hard to sit here, and I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, what a, what a great hire. They, they've definitely they knocked it out of the park. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. no way. And, and you know, to Wolf's point, you just got to kind of wait and see. That's that's what you get when you hire a first-year head coach again. I, I don't love the idea of being the team that only hires first-year head coaches, mm-hmm. but that's not Jonathan Gannon's fault. So nope. it, it, it is a tough spot to walk in, though, because I think a lot of Cardinals fans feel that way of like, as another first-year head coach, prove it right out of the gate. He might not even have his quarterback right out of the gate. So it's it's a tough spot for him to start off, but you know it's a head coaching job in the NFL. He had to take it. I uh, I brought this up, and and again, I, I know a lot. A lot of people vibed on the video of Jonathan Gannon doubling back to the headquarters and, and dapping up and hugging up Kyler Murray. I know it's just optics, but it's exactly what I didn't want to see. I don't want that peer-to-peer stuff, that coach bro stuff. I, like you, Wolf, wanted somebody who was going to command Kyler Murray's respect, somebody with some age and some wisdom and some experience. But that doesn't mean Jonathan Gannon's not going to be a great hire. Um, so the, the difference is, is the alpha male, the ability to capture the room is something that comes up as a positive for Jonathan Gannon. How important that is that to you as a former Huge. player? 
Yeah. That's huge, Danny. I'm with you on that right there. I, I, I don't believe just because he dapped him up right there, I don't believe that he's going to be a pure coach. Right. I don't think that's going to be the case. I could be wrong it's on just that, optics. Danny. I agree with I, you. I could be wrong yeah. on that, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Everything I hear about this guy is he is going to be the alpha in the room, and I believe that's what you need to be. It's one of the reasons why I threw my support behind the likes of a Brian Flores, first of all, because that guy is known for being the alpha in the room. I Listen, I'm a big believer in it. I'm old school. I stopped apologizing for being old school many, many weeks ago on this show January right here. 3rd. I'm not going to do it anymore. <laughs> it's important. 3rd. It's the way to play football. You need order. You need structure. Yes. You need somebody who's going to say, I'm the head coach here. You are the quarterback. And that's the separation he has immediately mm-hmm. because he's a defensive-minded head coach. What? I don't mind that he dapped him up. I don't mind that at all. They've got to have a good working relationship, but he's got to be the alpha in the room I, to your question. I just like that Kyler was actually there, and it wasn't Jonathan Gannon talking to like a poster of Kyler on the wall. Or, <laughs> or, or via Zoom while Kyler yeah. was in Texas. Yeah, that one yeah. done over well with it. <laughs> what do you guys mean? We're talking to Wolf and Luke That's here, and they'll point, take Luke. over uh, the airwaves here at uh, 10 o'clock. There was so much made about this process, and you know Michael Bidwill, uh, you know, admitted, "Hey, we got distracted by the Super Bowl. He was not counting this Super Bowl year to be hiring a head coach." But we went from a list of two finalists last week, and that list changed late. I, I, maybe even after the Super Bowl, with Jonathan Gannon coming in, Jonathan Gannon was quoted. The day of the NFC Championship game, after the Eagles beat the 49ers on the field, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying in Philadelphia for <laughs> yeah, good or, right. or bad. What do you guys make out of that and what Jonathan Gannon's place in this whole order and process was? <laughs> There's a lot of questions there because you're right. For all the names that we heard, at one point it felt like they had interviewed or were setting up interviews with everybody that wasn't Jonathan Gannon. And yes. all of a sudden at the end, he gets it. You know, the Albert Breer story the other day makes it sound like maybe that was more of a Monty Austin Ford thing. I kind of hope that's the case. I don't think we'll ever truly know, but I hope it is something of like, yeah, I, you know, I wanted to talk to this guy and I couldn't. I didn't want to throw his name out there, but it's it goes back to the original point of it's another first year head coach, and it, it, the optics are you can't get a guy that's gonna that has been established, and so you have to develop these guys. It doesn't mean it can't work. It absolutely might work. You know, he's probably not real liked in Philadelphia right now for saying that and then leaving. But you know, it's Philly fans. I heard I heard your guys on earlier today where, where they're like throwing a parade that he's not here and then you hear other people from Philly that are like I can't believe we just let it's a guy like, go. Yeah that was a cultural thing as people from Philly have explained to me they're just they're they're lost in the idea of we want somebody like Buddy Ryan we want a 46 <laughs> defense we want to blitz every play it's that kind of thing. It is it is one of the silliest things I've ever heard when you've got a defense that is as good as the Philadelphia Eagles that some guy called in or he actually said these the they were giving up chunk plays all all over the field, <laughs> playing zone coverage. You're talking about a team that was number two in in yards per game allowed and number one in yards per play allowed. Number one in passing yards per game allowed. Number one in passing yards per play allowed. <laughs> How are they giving up chunk plays all over the field with those kind of numbers right there? It was just a ridiculous comment on this. Uh, again, um, we're going to take a wait-and-see approach in the Wolfley compound on this and see how Same. Jonathan Gannon does. That's yes. only fair. And it, well, it is. It's yeah. the fair way to it go. Is. Again, I know there's a lot of people out there that don't like the look. I don't care about that. I can't. I can't stress that enough. Get it right. Do
do the job. And the, the my phone does not blow up on stuff like this. I don't get, I'm not a reporter. I don't get reports, okay? No, my phone blew up when Jonathan, I'm talking about people within the industry that actually know him. Guys like Bernie Kozar, for, you know, again, uh, I won't tell you why. <laughs> Bernie Kozar <laughs> texting me saying, you guys killed it. You're going to, I, I don't get stuff like this. Yeah. So I'm going to take a wait and see approach on this. And you know what? If in fact, guys, I'm just going to leave with this. If in fact, Jonathan Gannon was indeed their target all along, which is a real possibility. The one thing I'm not going to do is circulate his name to anybody before I actually interview him. If I think he's the guy. Because I don't want anyone else going, oh, yeah, you know, John, we, we ought to talk to Jonathan Gannon. That's who we ought to talk. Because a lot of that happens. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. It does sort of feel so, like Jim Mercy would just look at other teams' lists and be like, oh, I'm yeah, not we should talk to him. that's the case, I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach. Yeah, that's which is I a smart to thing to yeah. do. We can well, all yeah. agree, though, there's a lot of work to do. There's no doubt yes. about that. Guys, thanks for joining us. Appreciate Thank you, fellas. It. Thanks, man. Today with uh, more on the Jonathan Gannon Hire press conference tomorrow. Of course, they take over here at uh, 10 o'clock on Arizona Sports. We all have some final thoughts on this Wednesday. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata, song of the day. Jared, you know this song? I don't think so. What's up, Bird Gang? Jonathan Gannon, your new head coach, Arizona Cardinals. Ready to get to work. Buckle up. We're going to have some fun. Oh, I almost hit the post. <laughs> uh, this is your favorite band, Jared. Pearl Jam. From a later release in 2020. This is called Buckle Up. The message from Jonathan Gannon to the Bird Gang. You have a puzzled look on your face. No, I'm just absorbing this. I, I don't think I'd ever heard I don't this know this song either. Yeah, is this from an album? From Gigaton. Oh. Ah, the new one. Yeah. The newest one. 2020, yeah. Were you not a fan of that album? It had a couple of good songs, but it was a lot more... Uh, Experimental than some of their other stuff. That's what I've heard. Like Flight of the Cla- or Dance of the Clairvoyant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a little intense. Yeah, it didn't sound like. I remember we had a coworker pull me in and listen to this song. Guess who this is? And I was like, I have no idea. Said, that's Pearl Jam. I said, No way. <laughs> Anyhow, our long distance dedication to Jonathan. Hi, Casey Case. Uh, buckle up by Pearl Jam. Today's song of the day. Bickley and Murata going off the grid. Off the grid. Brought to you by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you've been hurt in an accident, call Sweet James at 800-500-5200 or sweetjames.com. Quick look at today's Sanderson Ford poll question on the homepage at arizonasports.com. Here we go. What grade do you give the Cardinals head coaching hire of Jonathan Gannon, ABCDF? I'm going to assume that all human resources uh, provisions were followed, that uh, interviews were done. So just on the higher, I have to give it an A. 
You know how much I hate these questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, we just got done talking with Wolf and Luke. Yeah, and the whole listen, message was wait and see. It's wait and see. And I think given, okay, given, given the track record and given the testimonials and ignoring the red flags, I think you could park it at a B right now. Yeah, because you're hearing the testimonials on the positive side, yeah. and there's glowing reports. Yeah. The negative stuff you're hearing about Jonathan Gannon is coming from a jilted fan base who just lost a Super Bowl and lost right. both coordinators That's in correct. one day. That's very correct, yes. No, but nobody inside football is saying, this Jonathan Gannon guy, you got no chance with but again, it. Nobody's he, saying but, that. But again, he's never done the job, so there's no track record attached to him. So no, And we all know that not everybody's built to do it. So, it so it, it, no one knows. And anyone who tells you so is selling you a bill of goods. Well, 39% of our voters, Bick, will tell you so that this is an F. Get out. How many? 39%. An F? That's leading the voting? 33% said D. Oh, no. 17% say C. 8% with a B. And 2% give it an A. So what's the combined F and D? Now, I think skepticism... 72%. I think skepticism is very warranted because you're not a smart football fan and you did not experience what we've experienced over the last three years without looking at this going, I don't know if this is it. But at the same time, you got to have an open mind to the fact that that sometimes young guys are turn out to be all that. Right? Yeah. So let's, at the very least... Let's let's give this guy some time. Yeah, and if you want to use the Philly fan base as your gauge, use Nick Sirianni as your example. And Nick when Sirianni I say, was, they were like, oh no, what are we getting into? And they right. hired him after Doug Peterson left. Right. Year two, they're in the Super Bowl. And when I say give this guy some time, I mean at least until noon tomorrow. Uh, then, <laughs> <laughs> then we'll judge right. our final opinion. Then we'll judge and we'll it. never budge right, off of right, it. Right, right. Ever. Right. Uh, I don't know if you saw this story. Uh, I was unaware of this. I think it's interesting. Uh, there was a, a, a Seinfeld episode in season two called The Heart Attack, where George Costanza goes to a, a spiritual holistic healer. Tor Ekman and Jerry's got this question about what's written down on a piece of paper and this holistic healer reads the piece of paper and it just has a score of a basketball game on it and it says Cleveland 117 San Antonio 109 some guy made a bet based on that line from Seinfeld because those two teams played the other night and he won like $681 because it was exactly the final score oh, Cleveland come 117 on. San Antonio 109 and it's the second time that exact score has happened between those two teams in the last three years. Hmm. I mean, they played in the NBA Finals, too. Did he bet on that? Uh, that's a good question. Hey, um, wait, those two teams. Oh, no, it was they, Miami. They never played that. Yeah. Oh, shut up. Thanks, Thanks to Anthony Gargano, <laughs> Al McCoy, Mark Slareth. We'll see you tomorrow. Wolf and Luke are next.